You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What a world! Welcome to to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Radio is your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, October 6, 2022, our first October episode of the Ocho. And we hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And I want to tell you that the Ocho is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Seriously, they eat this stuff. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltong has 32, and each meat stick has 8 grams of protein. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for us, too. Now, Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Trust me, is some pretty unique flavors. All right, now, if you go to Righteous Felon, you will see what I'm talking about. And actually, if you go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB20 at checkout, you will get 20% off your order through the Cowboys' October 16th game against those Philadelphia Eagles. After that, the discount will go down to 15%. Obviously, the BTB20 code that you will use will change to BTB15 for 15% off of all of your orders. Want to give a big thank you, big shout out to our friends at Righteous Felon. Look, I eat this stuff i eat a bag every day that's not a joke i literally eat an entire bag of jerky it sounds like a lot i mean but it's a good snack it's not a lot of calories it's great it's delicious and i'm one of those people that like you know i've always wanted to like wear what the cowboys wear because it makes me feel like i'm a part of the team because i obviously am so i wear the shirts they wear the shorts they wear the jerseys they wear right and now i eat what they eat and that is righteous felon craft jerky go to righteousfelon.com uh, if you follow me on social media twitter instagram we've got links up all the time so make sure you go there and you get 20 percent off seriously it's a great deal uh, we have a great deal for you here on the ocho today we're going to be speaking to kenneth arthur kenny is the me at sb nation for our los angeles rams site turf show times uh, kenny's a great friend of mine we go back a long ways if you have been listening to me for a long time you might remember me talking to kenny ahead of the cowboys seahawks division Divisional, goodness gracious, divisional Cowboys Seahawks wild card playoff game uh, almost four years ago. The, that game, obviously, the Cowboys would win in advance to the divisional round where they would play the Rams. That's clearly where my mind was. But uh, Kenny is great people. We talk a little bit of Survivor, just a teeny little bit, and then, uh, you know, get to the Cowboys Rams game. Getting pretty excited about this game. So uh, without further ado, here he is from Turf Show Times. Kenneth Arthur joins us next, right here on the Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one, the only, the handsome, the debonair, the swashbuckling. You know him from Turf Show Times, SB Nation's home for Los Angeles Rams content. I can't even tell you how I know this person. I, I mean, I 
I really cannot. I've I've waded through some some strange waters, some incredible waters, uh, with the one and only Kenneth Arthur Kenny. How are you doing? Welcome to the blog and the boys side of the Espionation Universe. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm swashbuckling. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long road, uh, definitely over our Espionation years to get to this point, and. Um, I'm just uh, excited for another meeting of, uh, let's say, NFC powerhouses. That's true. Um, I was thinking, um, and Kenny was so gracious with his time. Um, I took, I told him I would be like five minutes, and then it was like, like three hours. Um, so Kenny uh, already starting off very strong. Um, but we've done some, some like just of all the people I've podcasted with that we work with. Like I've, I have not touched the sectors of randomness that I've touched with you. Uh, this is. <laughs> Uh, we've we've podcasted about the Cowboys and Seahawks before. Uh, we've talked about the league on FX. We have notably podcasted about Survivor with you know okay. some some great people. Um, we're actually recording this on Wednesday, so uh, we haven't seen the third episode of this season of Survivor. Uh, before we dive in, uh, who's your winner pick for Survivor this year? You know, I, I definitely I have a soft spot for uh, Cody. I don't know if anyone really cares, but. Um, you know, what I like about Cody, he reminds me of myself. If I was to go on Survivor, I think that I would just be kind of more thinking about the bigger pictures of life as opposed to maybe the game sometimes. Uh, those are the types of people that I think I sympathize with and, and kind of relate to. Um, and I, I, I think he's kind of an interesting player to watch. I definitely like watching Jesse, uh, L.A. native, you know, so uh, uh, that's another one. And yes, I do live here in Los Angeles. So, you know, that's, um, there's some good characters and, and certainly the game has changed a lot. I hope anybody watching this likes Survivor as much as we do, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's been an interesting road for Jeff and the, and the crew over the last few seasons. Uh, very much so. Drop the four, leave the three. Um, the Cowboys um, themselves have dropped the four um, sort of by, <laughs> by force. Uh, they didn't mean to drop Dak Prescott, but Cooper Rush, uh, now speaking of three, has, has won his last three starts. Uh, now heads on out to Los Angeles. Uh, this is kind of a sneaky, low-key rivalry for the Cowboys. Obviously, a team that bounced them in the playoffs after we chatted, actually. After the Cowboys beat the Seahawks in the wild card round uh, four years ago, they were bounced by Jared Goff's Rams. And a lot has happened. You've done a great job chronicling all of it at TurfShowTimes.com. Everybody go check that out. Um, but but this is this is maybe the – and I, I, I say this, obviously, under the understanding that Dak Prescott's not playing in this game, but this is maybe the least afraid I've ever been of Sean McVay's Rams – is, is that a fair sentiment in your mind? Like, like, do you feel like this is the, the most weak version of the Goliath version of themselves? You know, I think that's a fair uh, assessment of the way that the Rams have played this year. Um, mostly because I think it, Matthew Stafford throughout his career has certainly had pockets of like really bad games. Right. So, you know, we could just say that in a vacuum, we're looking at just four games of him being bad when that's happened throughout his career. I still think that when measuring him up against Jared Goff, just because those were the most obvious changes under Sean McVay's offense. I mean, even watching last week's loss, brutal, ugly loss uh, to the 49ers, there were still those moments where it's like, Oh, Matthew Stafford's throwing a no look pass. Oh, mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford's hitting this guy that nobody else, you know, very few quarterbacks could hit. Um, there are those other plays, of course, that uh, have been really bad. And, you know, we talk about, we'll talk about those. But I think that there's at least that threat of 
danger at the quarterback position that for me isn't there with Jared Goff. You know, the, the success that Jared Goff is having with the Lions right now, you know, nothing but luck to him and, and moving forward. I love what uh, former Rams executive Brad Holmes is doing as the general manager in Detroit. I still don't know that I'm going to see those like those wow special plays that we'll see from Matthew Stafford sometimes. And then you have Cooper Cup being able to put himself on another pedestal only with Matthew Stafford. We never saw this Cooper Cup threat prior to 2021. So, you know, there are that aspects of it. But, you know, to, to your point about feeling less threatened and, and this is the least dangerous team, there is nothing else besides Cooper Cup. And mm-hmm. there may not be anything else there really for Matthew Stafford. He's not going anywhere else other than tight end Tyler Higby. There's no running game. The defense is kind of shoddy. Um, so I, I do think that's a fair assessment. But at the same time, with the caveat being, okay, we also saw most of these guys win the Super Bowl last year. So maybe it's just a sleeping giant. That's fair. And I do think, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know that any there's a Rams fan who's who's thinking like oh we made a mistake like oh we won the Super Bowl but like you know I'd rather I don't I, I I would rather live with the like extreme highs and whatever the lows are here um than with whatever Jared Goff has got going on in Detroit like you know whatever um you know peace you know health wealth and happiness to Goff to your point um shout out to him losing to your Seahawks uh but uh but, <laughs> but you know I, I don't think anyone is is thinking that the Rams made a mistake in that sense. Um, you, you talked about Cooper Cup, and it I want to get this. It's very hard for me to share with uh, Turf Show Time Rams fans. Look, you know, I say your Seahawks because they're it's your division. The whole you you, you know the whole division is yours. The whole NFC West. Um, but um, when when it comes to Cooper Cup, and I've, I've been thinking about this, obviously um, Trayvon Diggs is a really polarizing player, and I want to get to the pass rush side of this game, but. I do think this is America's game of the week on Fox. We got Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews um, on the call. Second week in a row for the Cowboys. You obviously get a lot of big time games with the Rams. I think this could be not that there's like a, a, you know, common football fan who doesn't know who Trayvon Diggs, but he's had a different season this year. You know, obviously he's had two interceptions now the last two games, but it's been more of a lockdown kind of your, your classic, more appreciated top cornerback type of season. And I think especially after what Cooper Cup did on Monday night, and I know a lot of that was like, Call it garbage time, call it whatever you want. But I mean, he blew it. What do you have? Like 4,000 against the 49ers. And so if, if Trayvon Diggs shuts down Cooper Cup, do you feel like that is, I don't know that, that it's a litmus test, but is that like, would, would that be a huge sort of declaration that like, okay, yeah, this dude is for real? Like, again, understanding that there's going to be some pass rush problems for Matthew Stafford as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a really smart uh, of you, RJ, to point out, okay. you know, <laughs> but it is because a lot of people don't really have any sort of, foresight or they don't ever look below the numbers you know cooper cup did get a lot of i don't know if it's necessarily always garbage time he had a lot of yards in the first half but you know his it's kind of like empty empty yards sometimes Mm -hmm. nothing against cooper cup because he's still maybe the best receiver in the nfl which is why he can get those but you know uh there is that part of it where if you go back to the week one of last season Cooper Cup has only had three games under 90 yards. The Rams haven't played uh, well in all of those games in which he's had 100 yards. Some of those games, he puts up 100 yards in the fourth quarter, you know, and it's like they're not playing that well. So there's those moments, too, where it's like he's just getting yards um, when it doesn't really impact the game significantly. Um, And by the way, all of those games, those are against the Cardinals. 
Uh, all three. Yeah. So every other game, including two weeks ago. Yeah, that was he had 44 yards, which was his lowest since the start of week one. The Cardinals are the only team to do it. Um, and and the Rams have won two of those three games that in which they held him uh, to like 70 yards or less. So they still won some of those games. Uh, but going to Trayvon Diggs, I do think like if that's the matchup, Trayvon Diggs versus Cooper Cup, and it's like he finishes with 35 yards or even 75 yards, mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like another bat. I do think like that is a very indicative of uh, Trayvon Diggs having a good game because you know there is nothing else really going on for the Rams right now. You right. know, he's, Stafford is force feeding Tyler Higby all of these targets. <laughs> He's averaging 3.6 intended air yards per attempt. So it's like, here's a short thing here to Higby over and over and over again. Here's a mid-range shot to Cooper Cup over and over and over again. And there's nothing else going on in the entire offense. Not with Allen Robinson, not with Ben Skarnick, you know, uh, or Skaronic or whatever, however they pronounce it uh, this week. But I do think like, yeah, you know, I, I haven't followed Trayvon Diggs this year as closely. So that's, Definitely uh, something to keep note of if he's uh, more of a shutdown uh, variety this season. And I think, yeah, put him on Cooper Cup and see what else Stafford can come up with. Because for whatever reason, he and Allen Robinson just don't have any chemistry, any relationship. And uh, I think Rams fans are notably and uh, reasonably questioning um, why that uh, decision was made and in conjunction with trading Robert Woods for a sixth round pick. Yeah, I always thought it was silly that the people would say things like free Allen Robinson from Chicago. He went there like he chose there. He was a free agent like like he, he picked them. Yeah. You know, he, they didn't draft him. Um, and so, I, you know, the, I think the Allen Robinson preseason hype is, is not exactly aging well four weeks in. Um, I, 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 I'm glad to hear you sort of validate that theory, at least. Um, I agree with you that I don't know what to call cups production because you're right it's it's not you know garbage time it's not trash empty calories is maybe the, like the best way to do it kind of picking back off what you do because it, it does kind of feel like you know rams start with the ball at their own 25 of the like 50 or 60 yards it takes to like you know ultimately settle for a field goal it feels like he winds up with like 45 of those very often and that that happens two to three times a game and you just look at it at the very end he's got like 12 catches for a buck 60 or whatever it is um so i'm very very excited this is maybe the biggest test for trayvon um, outside of the playoff game a year ago throughout his his young career so far. Um, I, I'm, I'm certain you know, or at least are, are closer to knowing than I do. Um, Matthew Stafford was pressured on, what, like 47% of dropbacks against the 49ers on Monday night? Something ridiculous yeah, like that? Bad. I mean, how is that possible? Like, what what is, you know, this is supposed to be the Rams. This, and, and Andrew Whitworth retired, kind of, you know, he, he denied it, but kind of flirted with the Cowboys a little bit um, in the lead-up to the season kicking off. Um would you say the state of the offensive line? Because that's obviously the the layer before Stafford is, is like bad, is 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 fine, is passable. Like like because they've they've got a pretty prominent pass rush coming to town on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know, uh, well, one thing uh, to add about Cooper Cup too, it's like those are going to be, you know, it's like handing off the ball. You know, it's like if you hand off the ball fifteen times, no doubt that running back is going right. to get. And carries it's like the Cooper reason DVOA was created like what Cooper Cup's doing kind of yeah it's like if you want to throw the ball to Cooper Cup 15 times I almost guarantee he's going to catch 11 of them these are right. high percentage throws and then the offense is saying like 
well, we expect him to get eight or nine yards on those, even if he's not going to go. So, yeah, there's that part of it. Uh, and that's one of the, the aspects that's missing is Van Jefferson, who's not an all-world starting wide receiver, but he did have 800 yards on a lot of deep of those deep attempts from Matthew Stafford. Um, and having time to throw, obviously, is another part of that. Um, and Stafford has gone from being sixth in intended air yards per pass attempt to being 30th in intended air yards per pass attempt. Mm. Uh, Kyler Murray is really low below him. You're NFC um, West. Yeah, the NFC West, you know, <laughs> the number one quarterback, Geno Smith. Uh, so it's like those deep passes, those intermediate passes just haven't been there at all. And maybe that is largely due to uh, the changes in offensive line. Andrew Whitworth, as you say, retires. Uh, and, you know, it's like he was so good that we barely even said how good he was when he was in the league. Um, and now they've the, the Rams have uh, signed – uh, Joseph Nopum, who was the backup for four years, always thinking, you know, this guy's got the talent and everything. And I don't know that he's necessarily been like a, a visibly huge issue problem necessarily, but it's like, okay, one of these guys probably deserves to go into the hall of fame. Mm -hmm. And the other guy, you know, is just, it's a guy. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like is Tyler Smith, your left tackle now. Is that the, I mean, I would, you know, you, you you talked about upsetting um, some some Turf Show Times readers, some blog and the boys readers and and viewers are pretty upset because Tyler Smith is the left tackle now, like and, <laughs> and that that's a whole different process as to how we got here. But he's been exceptional through the first four games of the season. Uh, kind of a happy surprise again. The Tyron Smith injury forced that hand. Um, yeah. And but not every team is so fortunate. To your point, like hey, you know you know you have a Hall of Fame guy leave like like Whitworth or like Tyron. Um, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to just kind of Indiana Jones idol swap them. Yeah, but let's just say that I don't hear any talk like that about Joseph Nopum in the way that I'm sure I think you're saying Cowboys fans are talking about Tyler Smith. There's not like exciting. We don't. I, I haven't heard any talk about Joseph Nopum, including from myself. I should probably be talking about him. Uh, this is like the most I've ever talked about Joseph Nopum. And they gave him a, a pretty sizable contract. And so he's the left tackle. Left guard David Edwards uh, has been a fairly dependable player, was out last week in the concussion protocol. And I think, interestingly, wasn't in the concussion protocol until after Tua Tongaveo was right. injured. That, I know, mean, we saw that all last week, right? Every, every, yeah. You know, except for uh, Cameron Bray on Sunday Night Football. But even, you know, they kind of very quickly addressed that, um, the, the, totally. the Bucks team doctors, right? So then uh, Bobby Evans, who's been the focus, who, whoever your most hated offensive lineman is in Dallas, every time he comes in, what would that, uh, I think I know who it is. Uh, help me out here. <laughs> well, honestly, right now, there's not really a guy. I mean, I, I would say, you know, right now it's probably Connor McGovern um, when he's healthy. Um, he, he's there. So there's been a, a, a domino effect, obviously, after the Tyron injury that feels like forever ago now and kicking Tyler Smith out to left tackle. He was originally slated to play left guard himself. But now Jason Peters is kind of their de facto starting left guard. He hasn't played an entire game yet. We've seen his, his snaps increase so far. They're sort of waiting him in. Actually, right before you and I started this recording, um, he tweeted out this like funny video of him in Cooper Rush. I don't know if you saw that, but I mean, it this this could be his first start, honestly. What like that time will tell. Yeah. You know, we're recording it on Wednesday, but I mean, if that's the case, I don't know who they're you know left or right. It's the the rookie everybody loves, Tyler Smith. You know, Jason Peters, another Hall of Famer. 
you know, Tyler Biotish, who's been very serviceable at center, Zach Martin, another Hall of Famer, and Terrence Steele, who's really yeah. been impressive, whose first career start came against the Rams in the season opener in 2020. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, was Terrence Steele? He was struggling more so last year, right? He's he's had some some dips, yeah, some peaks and valleys. I'll say that for sure. So that's like kind of like where Bobby Evans is minus the uh, peaks. And so like, I think that that's, he was starting a left guard. I think he might still start at left guard this weekend. Uh, center was Brian Allen week one. He's missed the last three games. He won't be back for this game. Uh, his backup Coleman Shelton started the season as the right guard, had to move over to center. Mm. He's out this week. So uh, forget about Coleman Shelton. That means that the Rams are down to Jeremiah Cologne. Or Coloni, I don't know how to spell uh, his name yet because he hasn't started before. Uh, right guard, um, off the top of my head, uh, wouldn't be anybody that's been playing very often. And then right tackle is the very dependable Rob Havenstein. So right. to get down to it, it's like, yeah, this is pretty favorable matchup for any defensive line, especially a good one, especially a good one uh, on the interiors because it's just going to be – a very mishmashed uh, situation up the middle. It's going to require, you know, this is where I get into a very uh, touchy situation for Matthew Stafford and, and quarterbacks. It's like with the 17 game season, with the fact that Stafford just played a 21 game season with the fact that, you know, there's questions about his arm and his elbow right. and health at all times. It's like, at what point do the Rams ever get into a situation where they go, Let's just start John Wolford for one week and uh, see what happens because it, it it could be a touchy situation of just like, hey, we're trying to get the ball out as fast as possible as they're trying to go through this offensive line. It seems to be uh, a, a, a nightmare, worst case scenario as of right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, you do kind of need like a 10-day IL right now for Matthew Stafford yeah. kind of thing. Are, are you a Mariners guy? Is that your team? Well, I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, as far as baseball goes, I haven't had much reason to pay attention for 20 years. But they're back. That's all. Well, they're going to lose, obviously, in the ALCS. To, uh, you know, DS, excuse me, to my Houston Astros. But that's a whole different conversation. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I mean, like, I feel like every Cowboys fan alone, uh, your Tyler Smith um, questioning aside, uh, just loved everything that you had to say. And I think that's why Monday night, you know, we all kind of tend to do this where, you know, like when you're you're so hyper focused on your team and then you kind of get a glimpse at the team you're about to play. You say, it's it's possible. Like, And I think that's how every Cowboys fan felt on Monday night. Now, it doesn't help that it was really just so one sided in San Francisco's favor. But San Francisco is kind of the, the template for Dallas, right? A limited quarterback 
an all-world defense, if you can generate some turnovers. That's where Dallas really kind of hasn't had the success that they, they had early on last season. They did have the two interceptions on Carson Wentz a week ago, but we haven't seen you know this, this sort of strip sack fumble that sets them up on the 23-yard line or anything like that. It does kind of seem – it does kind of feel like at least with the state of the Rams offensive line, with Stafford being so questionable, with him being so out of options and his one option going up against one of the top corners in the NFL, it just – again, it, it seems like the dominoes are there for, for this to fall in, in favor of Dallas. Do you think um, – do, do you think this would – this would be, you know, Dallas has, has, has beaten the Bengals and everybody, you know, made a big deal about that. Obviously, Super Bowl loser. And then, you know, beat two kind of clunky divisional teams. Do you think if they if they were to win this game that it is a sort of bigger mount for them to hang up? You know what I mean? Like, do you do you feel like the Rams are still kind of carrying that aura that if, you know, people would say, okay, like you beat the, you know, the Giants and the Commanders, but you went to LA. You, you've now not only beaten the team who lost the Super Bowl, but you, you beat the team who beat them with Cooper Rush. I do, like, do you think the Rams still kind of have that juice or is it starting to dissipate too much? I mean, I think that one way to put the context of the 49ers game uh, or put that game in context is we have some evidence that the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. How dare you? How dare you, Ken? (laughs) So I think that under under that context, because the 49ers do, by most measures, have the best defense right now, they do have a reputation going into the year of like, yeah, these are great players. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner – Hufunga now you know it's like going down the line it's like okay pretty good defense and one that dominates the Rams so to take them out of that and say okay well the Rams were two and one prior to then and their only loss was to the Bills a team that well, they almost blew it to the Falcons right like I feel like they oh, for sure I mean like you know I, I definitely think that uh, those other two games are not perfect either uh, and so it's like okay uh, not necessarily um, the Super Bowl team is also a team that the Rams last year had a three game losing streak in the middle of the season. All of them were by more than 12 points or something. Uh, Stafford was throwing interceptions like crazy. And then they won eight or nine of the last 10 games to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's that side of it. Then there's another side of it, which is like all those changes I talked about on the offensive line, all those changes I talked about at wide receiver. All these kind of draft classes under uh, Les Need and company recently that aren't producing enough starters and, and key role players. You know, last year's draft, the 2021 draft, the Rams came out with like nine or 10 players out of it. And out of that entire group, I think Ernest Jones, the inside linebacker, is the only viable starter. Uh, and that's just so far, but it's not looking good for 2 2 Atwell. It's not right. looking good for you know some guys who've already been let go like Jacob Harris and you know Robert Rochelle was a fourth round pick who we thought oh he's looking like more and more of an heir apparent at cornerback he's like fifth on the depth chart and the Rams need cornerbacks so it's kind of uh that situation where it's like the Rams plan as everybody knows trade first round picks for expensive veterans who can help lift up other players but you're going to need value in those rookie contracts mm-hmm. and the Rams aren't getting enough value out of those rookie contracts. They're also, you know, to be fair, not getting enough value out of the expensive contracts. Alan Robinson, you know, it's like, right. So there are those parts of it where there's so many changes. Von Miller is gone. Odell Beckham jr. Is gone. They don't know. They don't have any replacements outside of Aaron Donald. There's no pass rush. 
And right now, I mean, I don't think Aaron Donald would be, you know, one of the defensive player of the year candidates. Not mm. that he has to be at all times. You know, he's, he's incredible. He, he could, he's still the best defensive tackle in the NFL. But Leonard Floyd, you know, he's making something like $20 million. I, I still don't understand what the uh, motivation was for that contract either time, you know, because they signed him to a one-year deal. Then they signed him to a much more expensive three-year deal. And he's got uh, zero sacks and three pressures in four games. And that's like, well, he's not. He's got more of a game. He's kind of like a run defender. He's kind of like this, that, and the other thing. It's like, that's fine if you also have Von Miller. But there is nobody like Von Miller. There's nobody like, you know, uh, there's no other pass rush basically coming from anybody other than Aaron Donald. And there's not really great coverage coming out in the middle of the field, which is where the 49ers could attack it over and over and over again. Um, there's not really, you know, great secondary players. The safety group is kind of awful, uh, which is, you know, Eric Weddle came in at the end of last year and in the playoffs, it's probably the Rams best safety, you know, Jordan Fuller, another draft pick who from 2020 looked like he was going to be this huge steal on day three. He was getting, he was like play calling duties in his second year. He's been demoted to basically just a bench player. Uh, Taylor Rapp has constantly mm. drawn the ire of, of Rams fans. And he had one of his worst, visibly worst games uh, last week because of Debo Samuel. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, questions at safety, questions at cornerback questions at linebacker, questions at edge rusher. You know, I think defensively, you know, the Rams have to – this has to be a statement game for the Rams, you know, just as much as it has to be a statement game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys may want to hang a Super Bowl champion on their hat, right. but the Rams need to hang anybody on their <laughs> hat right now. So, you know, big game for, I think, Matthew Stafford just as much as it is for Cooper Rush. I think all that's really well said. Um, obviously, I think people only look at the Rams formula because they've, they've had like moments of success from the you know later day draft picks or kind of day three draft picks. Obviously, not coming together right now, uh, and that increases the need for your like the top heaviness part of your roster to to be even greater. You said like Aaron Donald's not playing like defensive player of the year right now. Well, when nobody else is playing even adequately, you increase the need for him to play at that ridiculous level every single week. Jalen Ramsey, you talked about Debo Samuel kind of making Taylor Rapp look back. I mean, you know, there were a thousand Cowboys fans tweeting on the big Debo touchdown. Man, if Trayvon Diggs avoided a tackle the way that Jalen Ramsey did, he'd be getting lit up. And that's just kind of the way that, you know, this whole thing goes. Um, like, I mean, that's the, that's the negative side, the positive. Like, I remember when Taylor Rapp was coming out of the draft, every Cowboys fan wanted him. I mean, I remember every fan of the NFL wanted Andy Isabella. And this week he goes unclaimed on waivers. Like, that's just kind of life uh, and the way it all unfolds. I'm very, very interested in this game. You know, I'm, I'm writing about this this week as well. Um, you know, this, this is a big game for Mike McCarthy. I feel like he's he's not getting a lot of love. I mean, all credit for the winning streak goes to Dan Quinn or Micah Parsons. And there's enough to go around, but I don't know how Mike gets none of it. Uh, if he outduels Sean McVay, obviously somebody who a lot of people think very highly of, I think it would go um, a long way towards, you know, the hat on, on his head, you know, so to speak. Um, what's your, your final feel, your final vibe? I mean, cause it seems pretty negative. <laughs> it's, it seems like you're, you're down on the Rams. Um, uh, you know, you don't have to pick the game or pick the score or anything like that, but you know, generally speaking, how do you see this thing going? I mean, I don't know if I know how I know how I feel about the Rams really. It's like, it's very, uh, it's very disjointed. These two concepts of, I know that Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup, are good play great players. You know, I think that Matthew Stafford, 
um, is a great player. And I do think that uh, that comes with, you know, some errors, you know, mistakes that get blown up. But at the end of the day, he had 41 touchdown passes last season, 17 interceptions. He led the NFL in interceptions, but he had, I mean, 17 and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady all had 15 or whatever. It's like such a minor difference. Yeah. You can, you can say that in a few different ways, right? Yeah. And you know, as long as he's got 41 touchdown passes, then it's fine. You know, this year he's got four touchdown passes. And so uh, whether that's on the offensive line, whether that's on uh, the, you know, I don't even want to say whether that's on Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson did exactly what I would do. Even if I knew I couldn't play football, I would sign that contract. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this has to be on the Rams. And, uh, and whether that's because, you know, they overrated Allen Robinson, whether that's because they're still trying to work on developing how to get Allen Robinson involved in the game plan, no matter what it is, it's a situation that cannot be uh, accepted uh, if it continues to be like, he gets two targets for, for 10 yards. It just doesn't make any sense. So there's, there's those moments of just being like, I don't really understand everything that's going on in the plan here. Um, You know, and it's just going to make those questions. Like when other people complain about the Rams drafting Tutu Atwell in the second round, you know, instead of Creed Humphrey uh, for a long time, I'm just like, Hey, don't even really worry about it. You know, let's see what Tutu Atwell can do. Okay, well, now we're uh, uh, almost, you know, we're a quarter of the way into his second year. And I'm just kind of like, I'm I'm running out of defenses for Tutu Atwell just because he's not playing. He's like, he was a healthy scratch last week. And the Rams, as we keep saying, need wide receivers. So I just think that maybe uh, less need and company's plan isn't working. So it did work towards a Super Bowl. And I think that's enough for Les Need to get another five years. You know, it's right. like, okay, it worked once. But we're only talking about week five against the Cowboys. So I think that it has to be a concern for the Rams going into this one. Like, this is a Cowboys team that uh, has won their last three games. And even if we're facing Cooper Rush, they're getting the, the job done and he's playing well enough. Let me ask you so that I know, like, <laughs> how good is Cooper Rush? Uh, you're really kicking the hornet's nest of, uh, of Cowboys Twitter right now. Cause I mean, I think you're going to understand there's, there's a, a sector, I, you know, I don't know what, what percentage they are, what, you know, what percentage they comprise of Cowboys fans who, who say, keep, you know, keep Cooper rush. He's winning, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, his, his offensive contributions are, are minimal, not, not to minimize them, but I mean, from an EPA per play standpoint, I mean, they're lower than Dax in his lowest stretch last year. Um, not, you know, massively, but they still are. I mean, so my point is like even Dak in, in like the worst shape we've ever seen him um, is still a, a preferable option, but it's difficult to kind of like get people to see, right? People see the wins and they think what's happening, but you know, I mean, this, this is a Cowboys defense that I think it's silly to rely on points, right? Like we have so many more advanced ways of looking at things, but a Cowboys defense that hasn't surrendered more than 20 points in a game this season, a Cowboys defense that while they're not taking the ball away at the rate that they did to this point last year, they're, they're finding other ways to contribute third down stops, fourth down stops, uh, lots of sacks, lots of tackles for loss. Um, you know, this too high safety situation is just kind of taking over the NFL to where like basically every offense is trash. I mean, and, and the Cowboys are, are kind of, you know, partly responsible for that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, Coop, you know, Cooper's really benefiting from that. Cooper has, uh, 
you know, I would say the best defense in the NFL, but at worst, the second best behind San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's got a kicker who's 10 of 11 on field goal attempts. He's got a punter who had one weird shank a week ago, but other than that, has been solid at his job. And he's got a head coach who's who's aggressive, who's, who's not afraid of, of kind of going for it in, in different ways and different facets, which includes letting Cooper Rush, you know, throw deeper or kind of climb the pocket when he has to. Um, so I think he's in a really advantageous situation overall. I think if the game is put on him, right, like if Cooper Rush has got to throw the Cowboys to victory, I don't think that that's possible. The run uh-huh. game wasn't there for Dallas last week against Washington stout front. I imagine Aaron Donald will, will help mitigate it as well. Um, but but yeah, I mean, they're limited with, with Cooper Rush, but they are. They, I, I feel like these teams are in, in different places. I, I feel like the Rams are trying to rely on like these like five people, you know, to speak arbitrarily to carry the team. Whereas Dallas is, is down right now. Dallas is down their superstar, certainly in Dak and, and their roster is just, you know, the floor is so much higher. And, and I think we're like the up and beyond that, the Micah Parsons is the Trayvon Diggs is the CD lambs as of late are starting to rise and carry the team. And, and which makes them really exciting for when Dak does return. Um, but, but Cooper in a vacuum, um, I think is maybe like the 40th best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Well, that's helpful, uh, definitely, to know. You know, I think that it's like, for me, ultimately, makes sense for it to be a a, a close game, uh, probably a relatively low-scoring game. Yeah, take the um, under. Yeah, take the under, uh, DraftKings. And, you know, probably thinking that this game is basically decided on mistakes and who takes advantage of those mistakes the most, you know, so – uh, it could be a special teams play. It could be a, uh, a an interception. It could be a fumble. Um, I, I I think it's a a Sean McVay punt on on fourth and two. Like I I think that's it. I think we, we're looking back at a moment where where, Mc, where coward McVay shows up. And to his credit, can be aggressive as well, but can also be quite cowardly. And I think we look back and say, how how did you not go for it? You you know you knew X Y and Z. I think that is maybe the like pivot point. Um, you know that when, when we're kind of doing the um the post mortem on this game. Yeah, and I think uh, you make a great point about just like that matchup with Diggs and Cup really could isolate the Rams' options. And uh, if that's the case, well, this is a great opportunity for anybody else besides Cooper Cup to to show up. You know, yeah, so, Allen Robinson, this is your this is your time, man. I mean, like you know, just you know, I don't really that. think that. I mean, I mean. I, I, I'm, I'm the most patient guy, I think, you know, like I said, I've been with Tutu Atwell this whole time. So I'm the most patient guy, but I really think that it's fair to ask if Alan Robinson is toast, you know, it's like, it really feels like we're, we're going to get to that point where he was bad last year. He was getting a lot of credit for, for just playing on the bears and right. people going like, well, it's because he's on the bears and it's like, man, has anybody made more money off of one 1,400-yard season seven years ago or whatever? Um, the quarterback, he, which authored it, just retired, by the way. Former Ram, Blake Bortles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, he did. In his last uh, game, he had negative seven passing yards for the Rams. Uh, so I think um, it's it's we don't want to see it get into a situation like Kenny Galladay in New York. That's I was um, about to say – I. I I mean, but unlike Allen, Kenny was at least coming off of an impressive season, like, you know, in the moment, you know what I mean? That New York signed him, which isn't, you're right. Like people are chasing this like legendary, like moment, you know, he's, he's, he's what people think Odell is, right? Like people for a long yeah. time thought Odell was just this one catch. It's like, no, this dude's an elite receiver or Clowney's the one hit at South Carolina. Like 
that that one year from Allen Robinson might be that. I mean, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. You know, it's uh, it's just it's just again, it just doesn't seem like at all times the front office and the coaching staff are even talking, and that's kind of uh, you know that could be an issue because it's just like you just go around going. Well, was Bobby Wagner the fill-in for Von Miller? Was Allen Robinson the response to Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, they don't seem to always be able to even, like, assess how these players will be used, you know? So it's it's kind of uh, confusing. And, and at the end of the day, I think going up against a team like the Cowboys, you know, I think going into the year, I feel like you would agree the Cowboys – I don't know like how you feel going into the year, but I thought going into the year, I was like, the Cowboys, they're the ones that are like for a team that had just won the division. They're the team that has to go like, Oh man, we have so many questions now because the Amari Cooper is gone. And, and there's like changes going on that it's like, do we have answers for this? But it seems like the, the sort of situations are reversed. Well, I mean, even if Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner are the answers to Odell and Von Miller, like I think, Cowboys fans, myself included, in the offseason would have said, well, at least they answered it, right? Like, the, the answers yeah. might not work out, but, like, they answered it. The Cowboys did nothing, and it's still kind of working out, right? Like, um, it, you know, we talked a little bit on our roundtable show this past week about how much of what the Cowboys have done would you attribute to luck, and and the consensus was kind of 60 to 70%. And, yeah, like, nobody nobody rationally thought that Noah Brown would help them survive at receiver until Michael Gallup got back or CeeDee Lamb emerged. Nobody rationally thought that Dorrance Armstrong would actually be this legitimate pass rushing option opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. It, it certainly helps to play in the same defense as Micah Parsons and, and Tank himself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys just kind of the, – the analogy I came up with was they jumped out of a plane with no parachute um, through a ring of fire with rattlesnakes tied around their ankles, and they landed. And they're like, that was a great idea. Like, whoa, no, this, <laughs> like the, the, the process, you know, is not justified by the results. Um, which, which is a, a line of thought I know you appreciate as well. But um, I'm very fat. This does kind of feel like two ships passing in the night in, in that very particular sense. Um, so I'm very interested to watch them on Sunday afternoon. The line has moved several times. I know you know that it opened as LA favored by six and a half. On Tuesday, that was down to four and a half. And then I checked it on Wednesday before we started recording. It was back up to five and a half. So lots of movement one way or the other. Um, my last question for you, Kenny. Uh, last week to preview the Cowboys Commanders game, I had on Dalton Ross, who covers Survivor, among many other things for Entertainment Weekly. And I asked Dalton to compare Micah Parsons to the best Survivor comp he could come up with for Micah. Um, so I will tell you after, but I would like you, since we started the conversation with Survivor, to tell me what all-time Survivor player Micah Parsons reminds you most of and why. Oh, my goodness. Uh let me think. I'm very um, bad with memory, uh, but I am obviously very good with Survivor. You know, Micah Parsons is interesting uh, to me. The first thing I think of is just um, like that 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 element of everybody knows this guy in the draft might be the best player in the draft, and yet he's not going in the top ten. You know. That's like that thing where it's like people were coming up with any excuse they could to say that Micah Parsons was a bad draft pick. He was like, oh, he took the year off. Oh, he had character concerns, right? Yeah, like all this stuff for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, and then I guess the character concerns and all these kinds of things, it's like all just sort of draft talk that gets overblown and you're still stunned there. And at the end of the day, at the, immediately it was like Micah Parsons was the best player in the draft. 
if not, you know, at least the best defensive player. And so it's like, to me, I think about, you know, character concerns being overblown. I think about uh, somebody who kind of like comes out of nowhere to be the best, um, you know, I don't know if this is a good one. I'm going to go with it. I'll go with poverty, poverty. Wow. Like (laughs) one of the all time great players. uh, And definitely people said, uh, you know, she has character concerns, Uh, you know, maybe like a very, like, she's just very smart about the way that she goes about advancing in the game and getting, using everything that she has to her advantage you know, it's like she's not I don't think she's like other players in Survivor tries other, you know, uh, women on Survivor have come in the past to be like, I want to be the next poverty. I want to be. Yeah, the next you can. Poverty. Right. And you can't. And it's like well, there is no other linebacker like Micah Parsons in the league. And there won't be one coming through the pipeline, even though that's going to be the narrative in the upcoming drafts. Oh, this guy could be the next Micah. This could like, And I think like there just won't be another one. So I'm going to go with poverty. Wow. Uh, Not at all the direction that I, because I answered the question in my own mind when I thought of it. um, And I thought of Tyson because I thought of like comp beast, you know, and, and sort of like, um, not that Mike is like talking trash, but like confident, you know what I mean? Like he's very confident in his skill set. Tyson certainly not lacking in the confidence area. Um, Dalton went in the similar, in a similar direction to me. He went with Ozzy, like just a total monster, Uh obviously. Uh, Parvati is a very, because, I think people like mistake her for being politically savvy. I don't think she's politically savvy. She's just politically ruthless. And, and that's, yeah. that's better than being politically savvy. And that's kind of how Micah is like that. That is a very, very solid comp um, in a very different way. Um, you know, you could have done something very strange. You could have done like Ethan or something like that. Wouldn't have worked out in any way, shape or form. I had to talk it out. Cause I'm just like very, and I'm like, okay, well what's Micah to me. And what does that remind me of? There's probably only like, I mean, there's been dozens or hundreds or whatever of uh, survivors and probably just about 25 or so that are somewhere there in the brain. And that's one that definitely, you know, one of my favorite players, I, I, I'm one of my favorite, several of my favorite seasons. Uh, and uh, she always shows up, you know, she's always, she's always showing up. And so like, if she's in the game, you got to mess, you know, that's a, that's an elite player. So definitely something there. Mm. Um, I think that makes Eric Weddle, uh, who you mentioned, the Suri, because he got off the couch, you know what I mean, to come like help the Rams in the Super Bowl. Oh, totally. uh, <laughs> uh, Kenneth Arthur, uh, TurfShowTimes.com, and really just anywhere in the world. Like, I mean, if you send good vibes out into the universe, they will land um, in and around Kenny. Um, Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. Um, your final words before we say goodbye. Um, go Cody. Go Survivor. <laughs> well said thanks kenny want to give a big time shout out big time thank you to kenneth arthur fun conversation awesome times i'm telling you i am so looking forward to trayvon diggs versus cooper cup i was on up and adams with k adams thank you for all the people who gave me love for that on wednesday and she and i talked about this and this is trayvon stage all right now we all know that trayvon is obviously you know not a secret (laughs) he's he's a very well-known nfl player but this is his chance to completely blanket arguably the best receiver in the NFL. And if and when he does that, I want to hear the praise. I want to hear it. I want to sing the songs and hear the entire course of NFL world with me. All right. I know that didn't make sense, but it made sense in my head. So I'm just going to go with it. Um, Hey, 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We have so many shows for you, so many options for you here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Later on today, a new episode of Riled Up with Tom Ryle and Roy White. Tomorrow, brand new episodes of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. And then the Star Seminar with Danny Phantom and Rabble Rouser. And we will find out who on Saturday you got the world's team to send you into the weekend, to send you into game time. And then, of course, after the Dallas Cowboys will win after they win that game on Sunday afternoon. All right, we're, we're speaking it out loud. After the Cowboys win, you can join me, RJ Ochoa, live on our Dallas Cowboys postgame show, also presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. That show airs live on our YouTube channel, so you can watch it then, watch it after the fact, or wait for the podcast for your Monday morning workout commute, pack into the lunches, whatever you wind up doing. Hey, tomato, tomato, it's up to you, baby. Do what you do. Live your life. All right, thanks for hanging out with us here today. Once again, big time thanks to Kenneth Arthur. Big time thanks to Righteous. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Discount code BTB20, RighteousFelon.com. Make sure you do that. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have the greatest Thursday of all time. All right. I hope your baseball team is in the playoffs. And if they're not, the Houston Astros, I hope that it all ends in sadness for you. All right. Astros winning the World Series. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. Thank <laughs> you.